Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp. Rufus Edmonston is with us, and a lot of people from Logan's will be uh, with us this morning because that's where we are, Logan Trading Company in downtown Raleigh, just off of P Street, uh, the uh, Seaboard Station area. We're uh, sitting in the Seaboard Cafe. Rick was nice enough to let us set up in here, and so we're uh, we're in a, a really nice place. Uh, great history of of uh, giving back to the community here at Logan's, and uh, they've been around for well over 50 years now. So um, please come join us and uh, enjoy yourself today on this uh, first day of spring. It's spring? kind of a chilly, yeah. It's uh, it's spring, all right. Brother Rufus, uh, good morning to you, my friend. Well, good morning. This reminds me of a, a mountain day up in around Boone when trout season would normally open, and you go out and there's a little bit of a chill on, uh-huh. but you're looking for that speckled trout or that brook trout. What Did he wonder- come? What a wonderful feeling. <laughs> well, if you got the right worm. <laughs> you got the right worm. you got to okay. have the right wiggly worm. Okay. That's the best fishing uh, apparatus I've ever divined. All right, and thanks. Another fancy fly fishing, this and that. Give me a worm. That's right. That's Andy Griffith felt the same way. Yeah, he sure did. So, a good cane pole. Uh, yeah. Even on a cold, cold March day, huh? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> well, those, those trout. Is that what you uh, did? You fish for trout or? Yeah, brook trout or, or yeah. rainbow trout. Yeah. A uh, little native native trout they called, and it was quite a thrill to pull one out of the out of the water and then know that your mama was going to cook that thing that night. Mm-hmm. And we used to eat sometimes trout for breakfast, trout and gravy. Now, believe that or not. Gravy on trout? Absolutely. Mm, I hadn't heard of that one. Oh, there's no question that it's mm-hmm. done the Nail Edmiston way. Well, I was, have to was the check way that one out. I mean, same way you would make chicken gravy or something? Yeah, sure. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. yeah, I haven't tried that either. I don't know if I, I'll. I don't know that I've ever gone to a restaurant in the mountains that had gravy and trout. Well, that's that's Mama Nell's restaurant. Oh, okay. In well, she Ed, should have in the Edmiston house. She should have spread it around some. It sounds well, like well, it would take neighbor, it off. All the neighbors that would come by and just drop in. Quite different from today, you know. At mealtime, 
You never know who's going to show up in the neighborhood. So she sent the Edmondson boys out to fish, and yeah, she'd whip whip them up, fry them up, yeah. and make some gravy. Huh? And my daddy was a wildlife protector, so we we generally knew where the good fish were. I bet, oh. <laughs> I'll bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh me. Well, uh, there are all kinds of. Uh, I love to talk about blooming plants because there's always something blooming, but uh, different things pop up. Each week, it seems like uh, this time of year, the uh, magnolias, the deciduous magnolias, saucer magnolias are blooming. The star magnolias are blooming for the second time. They tried uh, several weeks ago to, to bloom when we had a warm spell. It, it didn't work. It didn't, didn't work. <laughs> I did, apparently, uh, apparently not, but or they didn't come out enough. Some of them did and some of them didn't. But, uh, of course, the daffodil has been blooming for a long time. I haven't seen any tulips. You have... No, no tulips yet. Mm. Yeah. I haven't seen any in my yard. Yeah, we've we've had some of the ground f- since 2003, and I don't know if any of them have come up this year. They've been they've been coming up. Uh, Doctor, uh, uh, let's see, at uh, NC State, uh, Tom Monaco, who was the uh, head of the department, who was on our grounds committee at church, and he said, buy the varieties that are short. Don't buy the tall varieties of tulips. The shorter varieties will, uh, most of them will come back a little more. And NC State's done a lot of, done a lot of research on them. I'm sure they have, here at Logan's, lots of uh, varieties that uh, you could, you could pick from that the would vol- work. The voles really like them at my house. I, I haven't planted any in recent years because, the voles just have a picnic on them, and I will take Dr. Apodaca's. Is it Apodaca? How, what, how do you say? Tom that? Monaco. Monaco. Yeah. In fact, he was on. He was on with us when we had uh, um, we had a couple of other other people on a few weeks ago. Yeah, Denny had Denny on. Denny Warner. Yeah. And uh, Phil and. Well, I will take his advice about shorter ones. Yeah. That was. Uh, he didn't go into a lot of detail, but I know he mentioned that, and it certainly they don't makes like, sense. They don't like hot weather. I know they don't, that. and they like. Good drainage, so if you, you plant them on kind of a slope, that uh, as we have, it, that seems to have worked. We don't have them all. We just have have a little patch of them, but I don't know if any of them are going to come up this year. We'll, uh, I'll have to check. Well, next couple of weeks, you'll find out. Yeah. So uh, peonies. I don't know if I've seen any peonies coming up. Not quite time yet. April, yeah. April 15 is a good time to look for a peony. Yeah. Always think of Dr. Friday. He loved his peonies. Yeah. Didn't like our, the, our didn't pe- like the rust on them. Our, our peonies, peonies, pe- pe- yeah. Pe- yeah. Pe- yeah. Pe- yeah. Pe- that's what Mama called them, and my grandmother peonies. Yeah, a lot of people do. So uh, they're great. I've had some there for almost thirty-five years that faithfully come up each year. As long as you don't, as long as you don't bury that eye too mm-hmm. too deeply, you're going to be all right. They are very much like tulips in that they like good drainage, and they like uh, a cold ground. They need sun, but they they would prefer having the ground cool. So you kind of you kind of sp- put uh, mulch on them during the summer, and uh, pull that back during the winter. Yeah, time. so they can touch a little bit of that bulb. Yeah, or that tubular. Or yeah, tuber. And you don't tuber. want to plant them too deeply. No, want, sir, just like want, a Daphne. You want the eye showing. Yeah. So. Those are uh, two of the things I've been thinking about. I have seen Edgeworthia, a couple of Edgeworthias 
there must be varieties that have golf ball size uh, blooms on them, really large blooms. Mm -hmm. I, mine do not. Mine, mine have, are like a grape, a, a grape, yeah. a good size grape. Have you seen mm -hmm. the larger? I'm sure that's yeah. what it is. I haven't walked into this person's yeah. yard, but I've seen them and love to know where to get one. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll have to ask. Uh, uh, Josh or, or uh, whomever this morning here at Logan's, if um, if they can can uh, point us toward one. But well, that's the red it. buds now. They're they're starting. The right? red buds are starting to come yeah. out. The Chinese and and every other kind of red bud. Every other kind. Yeah. I haven't ch uh, checked at church to see if that weeping red bud, the Ruby Falls red bud, is is coming out yet or not. But it's I think it's a little later. At least that one is than than some of the the ones that you find in the woods and you know, on the edge of the woods. So um nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Do you have a lot of red buds in your yard? Yeah, four or five. Uh did you plant them or were they there was one there, a Chinese red bud. I really like the Chinese the red bud. The multi trunk has just been and all the old trunks died down and I cut them to the ground. And they sprouted back? back up, right back up, and new sprouts, and it's like a revival. Huh. Well, I know good. that I've always been told that they don't live as long as some other trees might. But well, this one's been around 40 years since yeah, I've been there. So that I mean, it, I guess that's I guess that's not true that's necessarily. New, it's, it's new growth though. Yeah. From cutting back the old. Yeah. The old well, the root system's still good. Yeah. Obviously. So that's uh, so. You cut it back because there was dead wood on it. Dead wood, yeah, absolutely. Cut it, cut it all the way back to the ground. Golly! And and that's those little shoots came up, and they're up there now, where they're getting ready to bloom right now. That's been about five years ago. That is really neat. Yeah. Do you have any weeping or variegated? Varieties? No weeping. I I love that one out at the uh, J C Ross and Arboretum. That's worth going out there to see that one. If you don't see anything else, right, Ann? That's right. Dr. Werner has been working on a variety, and I don't hate, he mentioned the varieties, and I'll have to check on them. But there's, there's one that is kind of maroon and yellow, hmm. or kind of maroon and gold. And uh, then there's the white and green, too, and weeping varieties. But he's been working on, I'll have to, it's golden something. Yeah, all of my. Uh, Red I'd like bud, to have red one of buds those. are pink. I, I no, that's that's not the bloom; it's the leaf. Oh, okay. I wonder what you were talking about. I'm not sure about the bloom. If the bloom is white, you know, there are some that bloom white. Yeah. I don't know if the bloom is white or or the uh, fuchsia, kind of the fuchsia colored. I'm unfamiliar with the the white bloom on a red bud. But that that is, uh, I, I think I'm right that there are varieties that uh, that have white blooms. Yeah. Is that right, Ann? Yes. Well, there, there's one in my in my yard that, mm. that uh, yeah is. And that, I mean, there are several plants that have have been developed that have been traditionally uh, purple or red or pink or something like that, but they've developed white white varieties, other varieties. Yep. And, and let's not forget forget my favorite shrub, the camellia. Mm -hmm. I have probably about twenty now. Of japonicas just going crazy, uh, and I've, I've discovered that since I brought in that huge Kramer Supreme, that I have oh, four or five others. I of love those. that one, and I have probably ten, ten Professor Sergeants 
Professor Sargent's uh, really look good. Uh, that is a, a deep, bright red. That is yeah. a really good red, the Professor Sargent, and that's the carnation type. It looks uh, the bloom looks very much like a carnation, whereas the uh, Kramer Supreme kind of has looks like it has multiple blooms in one. It's a very large yeah. flower. You'd think that. there'd be more than one bud there. But yeah, down there's one, but it's one not. bud. Yeah. Now, uh, another one that I've, I call it pink perfection. I hope that's what it is. Pink perfection, yeah. Isn't that one end? There is a variety, yeah. I've had a and pink I think Phil brought one to the station. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor's perfection is a, a pink, beautiful thing. And then another one called crimson candle. Oh, that one is a beautiful Just color. Just incredible. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then one called gay boy. So that one how, I have how old, how old a variety is that? The, the gay boy? Yeah. Well, obviously, it predates the... It, it's, it's about a century old. How about that? So is that pink or red or it white is, it or, is a, or variegated? Or? It is tending from fuchsia to dark red. And then there's uh, My Linda? My Linda, yeah. yes. Okay. Let's don't forget that one. I'd get in bad trouble on that. That's pink. That's pink, very pink. Yeah. Course, you mentioned white variety that you like. Yes. I don't know what, what kind it is, but it, it, it probably produces more flowers than any comedia I have. And, of course, the, the only if there's a drawback on a white, white one, the least little cold, cold snap will it, turn them brown. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah, they, they're very delicate, uh, the petals, so that, that does happen. And you obviously notice it more on white, but uh, white gives a great contrast in, in the garden. Uh, we're seeing the spirea. You have spirea in, spirea in the garden? Spirea is yes. Yeah. And I have, we have one that is not very pretty at all. It's called a Reeves spirea. And the only reason we have it is because of uh, Melissa's maiden name, uh, Reeves. I don't think there's any kin, but, uh, you know, that's why we have it. It's not a very pretty one, but it, it's nice for the birds. It, it's some place that they can... High. The blooms are not very pretty. Uh, you're listening to the Weekend Gardener on WPTF, and you know, Black Cow has uh, been with us for a long time. Uh, over 50 years, the company that uh, owns the cows that make the Black Cow. It's a mature manure, you know. The warmer planting season is here, despite what we have today, and now is the time to start getting your garden ready. And I've seen a lot of people out putting out mulch of all kinds and digging in the yard and so forth, uh, especially a uh, uh, week before last when it was so warm. It, people are thinking about flowers and vegetables, uh, getting all of those going. Black cow is something you need to incorporate into the soil. Prepare new plant beds with one and a half inch layer of black cow in the area and then mix it in with the soil about six inches deep. Black cow is natural and organic. And it contains nutrients that are released slowly without burning tender roots. Pick up a bright yellow bag or several today and get growing. For more details, check out the Black Cow website. And that's spelled with a K, by the way, blackcow.com. That's blackcow.com. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up from Logan's here on WPTF. 
For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF. We're at Logan Trading Company with uh, WPTF Weekend Gardener. Steve is in Garner. Steve, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, we could, couldn't be better. We're uh, sitting at, at Logan's and uh, the Seaboard Cafe, and we got donuts and all kinds of stuff here. Oh how God. you doing? Yeah. Well, you know I'm going to come down there eventually, but I just wanted to call. <laughs> uh, there is a white flowering tree. It looks native. That I can't figure out what it is. Uh, it has little fluffy balls of white flowers on them, and it blooms this time of year. Do you guys know what it is? I think I would think, Steve, the it might be a wild cherry. White fluffy balls. Yeah. Are, you, are they tiny? The the flowers are clusters on the end of the branches. And they're, they're, I mean, they're all over the place, and they're yeah. in this time of year, and it bugs me. I don't know what the name of that is. It's not a, it's not a spirea? I'm asking you guys. No, it, <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know what's in your mind, though. No, I don't this, know what you're... This is a tree. Not all right, well, that's uh, the pear trees are the pear trees are blooming yeah. now. Yeah, That's the only other white thing. I can tell the difference in the, with that. This. Yeah, I'm not sure then. Uh, those are the two white things that I know of that are blooming the Okami cherries are pink. They have uh, pretty well spent. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of the um, uh, uh, Yoshino cherries starting to bloom, yeah, but they're not, they're not they're not, not white. Ornamental tree. This is a native. It's a North Carolina yeah. native tree. Yeah, that's why I think it's the the wild cherry tree. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I will take a picture and bring it down there and and show it to you this morning sometime. Okay. Well, you, great. Probably a, a lot of people you'll be able to show it to down here. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested. <laughs> we're at Logan's. So I, yeah, I'm, I know. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we were coming to Logan's anyway because I need to get out. I, I had knee surgery last week, so I need oh. to get out and get my steps in. Yeah, daggum right. Well, come on down. But, yeah, definitely bring a picture of that. I'd be interested to see. But those are the only two. Rufus is probably right about the, the cherry, the wild cherry. Okay, but I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to take a look at it. All right. I'll see y'all in about an hour or so. All right, buddy. All right. Y'all have a good morning. You too. Yeah. So. Yeah, the spirea and and the pears. Uh, pears have been blooming all over the place. Yeah. All they, kinds of pears. But it's a wild cherry. I like the wild cherries. They, they've got an, uh, an interesting look to them. Yeah. Sometimes they, they're just acres of them out in the wild. Do they it's fruit? A, not really. Yeah. Well, they, they sort they sort of come. <laughs> yeah, a little bit here and a little bit there. Yeah. I think that's what Steve is looking at. Maybe we can get Josh or some of the experts here to help us identify yeah. it. Well, yeah, that uh, I, I don't know uh, if that... If that's what it is or not, but it sure does. That that should be right at the top of the list. Of course, we left out for Scythia. Well, that'd be yellow. I'm talking about for saying something blooming. Oh yeah, gosh, the yeah. the that's blooming all over the place. Yeah, it's been trying to bloom for months. It sure has. <laughs> but it, it doesn't know what season. It's happy. It is. <laughs> it's doing now. So I guess the crabgrass is is gearing up too. So the uh, 
That's, that's to tell you to get your free margin out, right? <laughs> yeah, supposedly. But, you know, the, the weather is so messed up every year now. We just, it's hard to tell. That's, I don't know how far back that goes of uh, putting out pre-emergence when the um, forsythia bloom. Irv Evans said that in the 80s. And I guess it still holds true. But at any rate, it may be earlier and earlier. Uh, probably is. We're in Logan Trading Company. We'll talk to, um, I mentioned we were in Seaboard Cafe uh been here for over 25 years in Logan's. We'll talk to Rick Perales, uh, the owner, coming up here in WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 8.35. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston, the uh, former Attorney General and Secretary of State and Deputy Chief Counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee. And you were, your inauguration as Secretary General of Gardening happened right here on the 50th anniversary at Logan. It happened right here by the, the actual Secretary of State. Yeah, Elaine Mr. Marshall was Marshall. here. Yeah. And I've come to that, have that hanging very prominently in my office. Very good. I need to make a badge to go along with it, though. A badge? Yeah, I need a badge. Like, you had, a, like you had when you were attorney general? <laughs> yes. Big, nice golden one that I can flash around. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what good that would do. I don't either. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Well, you need a, you need a badge with a title. It like gets you a pack of seeds. <laughs> <laughs> a free pack of seeds is what you'll get. Yeah. And a hit, and a slap on the face or or a tap on the noggin or something. Yeah. No, don't do that again. <laughs> don't even think about it. <laughs> That's right. Don't flash badges if you're not a, a law enforcement person. No. That's been the, you you just can't do that. Even if it's a gardening badge. <laughs> <laughs> Rick uh, Perellis is with us, who is the owner of the Seaboard Cafe for over 25 years, right, Rick? It'll be 30 in May. 30. 30, dadgummit. Where does the time go? It's hard to believe. That I just remember you long. saying 25. That was almost five years ago then. <laughs> Boy, I what's must happened be all sleeping. that time, Rick? Yeah, what's happened? <laughs> a great deal of stuff has happened. You know, I was kind of stuck on eating uh, homemade uh, tuna salad sandwiches on wheat here for the longest time, and your your cheeseburgers, and all of that. And my my wife started eating several years ago veggie sandwiches, and I I had one fairly recently, and it was great. It was just I don't know what have I been missing. Good gracious. <laughs> It's our number one sandwich on the uh, on the menu, oh. and you told me that it uh, that you didn't come up with it. That who came up with it? There, uh, back in 1991, when we opened up, uh, there was some there was two Swedish exchange students at Peace College, and they came in and they were vegetarians. So they asked me what I had, and at that time I just had wheat bread and just vegetables and so and cheeses. So they put it together. And then uh, Neilman came in about a year later, and we switched it from wheat to sunflower, and then we just started uh, started to add more ingredients to it. And now it's become an extremely popular sandwich. People add avocados, and they grill it and toast it, and it's pretty pretty nice. <laughs> well, that yeah. would please my wife. She's she's one of those vegetarians. Yeah, she would love it. She would love it. So it's got it's got tomatoes and uh, pickles. 
It has. Um, it starts off with uh, with with mayonnaise, or you can have Dijon, uh, and then we layer it with uh, Swiss and cheddar, uh, lettuce, tomato, red onions, sprouts, and cucumbers. Yeah. And then uh, we, you can add avocado to it, and then uh, you can either have it uh, cold, or you can have it toasted, or you can have the bread grilled. Yeah, yeah, we usually have it grilled, and I leave out the onion. Melissa likes the onion, but uh, it's it's tremendous. Yeah, people like it a lot. There's so many different flavors in there. And people even add bacon to it. <laughs> and people oh, even, wow, now I see you. And people add turkey to it no, as well. No, that, that just kind of defeats the purpose of it. You might as well just get a turkey it's, sandwich. It's, it, it's not a veggie anymore. It's but, not. Uh, you know, yeah, but, but that's good, still a good sandwich. Yeah. It Either shows your versatility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty malleable. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of stuff here, and uh, what was what was the first thing you had on the menu here? What, what tell the, us the, a little bit about the history. Well, when I opened up this place, I opened this up with, uh, through a resentment. I graduated school from University of Houston back in 1982, and Texas was in a recession, and I got. I moved from Houston to Austin, and I got laid off several times. I got into the field of uh, product management in the electronic distribution area. And uh, and then Tom Deke, who was my partner, uh, got a job down here in Raleigh, and I moved up here with him, and that's how I got to Raleigh. And from there, uh, I, I worked for uh, the Logan's Trading Company on Hodge Road for about six months, and that's how I got acquainted with the Logan family. Started with breakfast, didn't it? Uh, here, here. Breakfast burritos. Uh, that was only on a Saturday. Oh. We only did breakfast on Saturdays, and we had a special breakfast because we had a Mexican breakfast too. So I'm from <laughs> Texas. I had huevos rancheros. I had refried beans. I had um, chorizo. I had uh, just, uh, but it didn't go very well. I was oh. a little bit ahead of my time. Yes, I would say yeah. so. And uh, I also had, um, you know, for lunch we had our our fajitas. I had uh, chicken and beef fajitas here, and um, it did not go well. Uh, in fact, breakfast, people were more interested in uh, biscuit and ham or biscuit and sausage. And I, I was not uh, familiar with that uh, southern cuisine here because I was from... I was thinking of Tex-Mex, and I thought, hey, I'll introduce something different, but it didn't go very well. Wow. <laughs> well, Rick, let me ask you a question. When I came back to, to Raleigh from Washington, D.C., in the mid-70s as Attorney General, I remember coming down here, and there was still the old, old... Uh, train station. Train station, yeah. and you could get a hot dog on those little... They had little stools. When you came in here, were those... The, the remnants of that restaurant still here with the stools and everything? There was, um, but some of them had been pulled out, and the diner area was in complete disarray. Um, we found uh, they had uh, a big fight. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not. Uh, it, it was just like um, it had been abandoned for many years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we found some old menus. We found, uh, I think. Before I came in here, the Logan family had already started excavating this. Um, you know, they, I think they were going to use this area as retail. But uh, I approached Robert with uh, a business plan to open this part of the train station as converted into, like, I was thinking like a flea market type of uh, environment, hot dogs, hamburgers. I only knew how to make chili. So I brought Tex-Mex chili in here, and then I thought I could do fajitas and stuff like that. 
and uh, well, you and, certainly have yeah. branched out because you don't. How, how is there anything that is Tex-Mex on the menu? My, my chili. Chili. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's done with uh, pinto beans, with cilantro, uh, onions, garlic, um, and uh, Worcestershire sauce and uh, jalapenos. But it's not hot. Ser- you don't serve it that often, though, do you? Only on Fridays and Saturdays, and oh, okay. sometimes Monday. Like today, we have it. Uh, we we make a big batch every Friday. We make our own homemade pinto beans, and we also have the uh, Frito pie that we do on Fridays and Saturdays, which is a 20-ounce bowl, and we layer it with um, with uh, Fritos and then chili and sour cream, uh, diced green onions, and top it off with cheddar cheese and serve it with a jalapeno cheddar corn muffin. How does that sound, Rufus? It sounds yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. The pintos make the real chili. Yeah. Well, I, I've always been a fan of the pinto bean because I'm from Texas as opposed to the red beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. most chilies are done with red beans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, Rick. I'm so glad you're here. Thank With you. my wife and I and my kids have, have enjoyed this place for a long, long time, and uh, we're really so glad is. to be able to come here. We, we came here for lunch. Uh, just a couple of days ago. As yes, you did. Fact. So, in fact, your wife came here by herself just uh, two days ago. <laughs> she, yeah, two days ago. No, I was here. No, you were working. I was here. No, she was. She was sitting over there, but I came later. Oh, you she did. She got the table. Yeah, you she did. met me here. That's right. Yeah, I, I was so busy. There was nothing clandestine. She was not meeting anybody here. Don't start that. <laughs> but it's okay. You're the better looking one of all of them, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. I need all the help I can get. You need a good detective or a lawyer or something like that? I'm always in need of uh, Rufus Edmonston and Max Pickett, who is probably the best old friend from Nashville who's a uh, detective, a PI, a former Wake County deputy. Yeah, I'll call him and find out what's going on here. Well, before Rick leaves, let me give him the the, uh, Rick Joyner. No, no, no. It's Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Joyner. Cliff Joyner, uh, using Rick's name. <laughs> Saying of the day. Now, this is done by the Honorable William Shakespeare. He says, to climb steep hills requires a slow pace at first. That's that, true. That, that's true. Yeah. Don't, don't waste it all in the beginning. Yeah. Go slow in the beginning so you've got some energy left in the beginning. Now, Shakespeare said that. Yeah. He didn't move around very much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was pretty much right there. But he's lingered around, though. That's he certainly good. has. His word has spread. Yeah. Rick, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, yeah. on here. And, I just and like thanks to for say, the donuts. Oh, you're welcome. This, this crew here is a lot of fun. Yeah. We, <laughs> see, we, we quote Shakespeare. Fun, we, we talk cooking. <laughs> it's mainly gardening. It's supposed to be, but... That's how it started, but thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Come on down today and have lunch with Rick. Yeah, this is is a wonderful place. A lot of people do. All right, uh, you're listening to The Weekend Gardener on WPTF 919-860-9783. More of The Weekend Gardener coming up. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yes, indeed. We're at Logan, zipping through. We're almost finished with an hour. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Spring is really one of the prettiest times uh, in the triangle, if not the prettiest. And it's so nice to spend time in our gardens on beautiful days. 
But spring is also when deer and rabbits can um, do a bit of damage in our gardens. Uh, Rufus, uh, you, you and I have uh, experienced that with hydrangeas. I mean, they just just rip the tops right Clip off. Rip it right of off to the bottom. Yeah. So uh, very tasty. Hopefully, we'll get some. You, do you do that too, Ann? <laughs> you cl- oh, that's terrible. Well, what you and and the rabbits need is a dose of I must garden. You see, okay. nothing is more infuriating than waiting for azaleas and hydrangeas and all of that, and and deer come through and and get that. I know you've had problems with that. Bunnies eating the tender foliage on perennials. Early spring is a perfect time to start protecting your garden with repellents like Imos Garden. Imos Garden repellents are made with natural ingredients and botanical oils and will keep the deer and rabbits from eating your flowers and plants. Imos Garden repellents are simple to use, long-lasting, and don't need to be reapplied after every rain. They're available as sprays, granular, and money-saving concentrates. Imos Garden repellents are sold at all local garden centers like Logan's and hardware stores and uh, Logan's has plenty of it for you. They have a really good stock of I Must Garden products. Come on by and while you're here be sure to check out the I Must Garden repellents from moles, voles, squirrels, snakes, dogs, cats and more. Protect your garden today with safe and humane repellents from I Must Garden. 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. By the way, they're going to be food trucks uh, here also today at uh, I just saw Logan's. one pull up. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, the, Logan, the Logan family has a farm in Nightdale, and uh, they're growing a lot of, lot of stuff out there. Uh, Logan Family Legacy is a... Uh, experimental venue space that will invite and share uh, growing experiences, plants of all kinds. Uh, the first venture of Haven Farms is growing hemp for production as CBD and wellness products, and I think they'll probably be selling that uh, here. And you know, gosh, there's so many unbelievable plants, because this is a really a large complex. They have lots of plants uh, here. Uh, like a lodgepole pine. Rufus, have you ever seen a lodgepole pine? I have, and they are just fanatically interesting. Yeah. I don't know how big they get. Uh, There's Japanese red pine, uh, Japanese white pine, uh, all kinds of of unbelievable things that you might find. Perennials, trees and shrubs, Japanese maples like fire glow, uh, red uh, filigree lace, Sangokaku, and more, small, medium, large pots. You can start them in pots if you like. Uh, if you don't have access to a large yard, you can, and you, for some of the Japanese maples, you don't need a large yard, but you can put them in a container. Uh, camellias are another good thing. That yeah, you another thing they've got here that I bought one the other day, it's called what I call a hose pottery pot. It's a pot that you wind your hose up in that has an extra hole to put the hose, the connection to the hose through, and you never have to have an old hose lying around all tangled up. To and trip over. They've got them out here, and yeah. they're, they're hard to come by, so they've got a few left. I, I, I suggest them very much because you never have a problem with your, your hose again because it, it learns to fit in that round shape and folds right back in there when you use it. They're, they have a lot. They have a large selection of pottery. 
containers. So you won't, you won't have any colors galore and all shapes and sizes too. But uh, plant-wise, they, they're, uh, they're filled to the brim. This is the time of the year and now they still have plenty of pansies. We're not seeing uh, a lot of the summer annuals yet because of days like this. Mm -hmm. you know, when we get down and well into the 30s, it's not a great time to start doing that, but uh, they have a big selection of fruits including blueberry, blackberry, fig, pomegranate. Have you ever grown a pomegranate, Rufus? I have tried and it never produced anything. And you ever tried? I know you've, you've used lemon, you've uh, grown lemon trees and things. Both yeah. of you have grown lemon yeah. trees. Yeah. And uh, pineapples. You've grown a pineapple, Rufus? Well, just the, like the kids do to yeah. cut, it, cut it out, put it in the pot. Right. Yeah. That's a fun way sure. yeah. to do it. And, of course, uh, standard uh, shrubs uh, like azaleas. Encore azaleas, uh, multi-blooming uh, azaleas, they're, they're different varieties of the companies that, that make the azaleas that bloom twice a year. Gardenias, hydrangeas, uh, they got a, a brand new shipment of knockout and drift roses. Drift roses are really popular. Drift roses now. are becoming very popular. Flocks, I'm seeing flocks all over the place. And we're getting close to the time, Rufus, when uh, flocks will start blooming. I love the tall flocks, I think. It's one of the, the most my most highly recommended uh, perennials because you you just when you, when it blooms one time clip it off and you got a second round coming on. Do you like the the creeping flocks too? Well, I like the creeping flocks. Uh, that my mama used to grow that over over a rock garden. Right, and you see it on ditch banks yep. out, oh, in yeah. the, out in the country. But I'm talking about the tall flocks that I yeah. really love. That is to a tell everybody bird. that's the, the workhorse. Of the plant family, if you if have any any two things, you ought to have daylilies and tall flocks. Do you, do uh, does tall flocks spread? No, it, it doesn't spread, but you can divide it. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a, a bulb. No, it's not a bulb. It's it's a, a root root plant. Oh, okay. Uh, lantana, dianthus, flocks, uh, hollyhocks. They have a lot of stuff. Um, this week's native plant is mountain mints. You ever seen any mountain mints, Rufus? It's a favorite for native bees, butterflies, pollinators, lovely white and light pink flower. Uh, mm. and I'm not uh, sure I know what that smells is. Smells like mint. You got a you got a picture there? Yeah. There you go. It's got a bee on it. That, that oh my is, goodness. Yes, that is uh, it's a beautiful green color. So I don't know how uh, like other mints, it does spread with underground rhizomes. So you plant it uh, full sun to part shade, and it tolerates clay soil. So mountain mint. Apparently, they have several varieties here. And we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk to a lot of different people this morning. But uh, they have uh, folks who can deal with landscapes. If you want to design a landscape, they have uh, designers for that. And we'll talk to uh, probably some of the people we talked to back in the fall, like uh, Bridget Zazara. Uh, she's a manager and buyer for annuals and house plants. And uh, Sharon O'Neill will be with us. She uh, takes care of uh, native buying native plants and pollinators and uh, perennials, trees and shrubs. That, that's a big responsibility. Talk to the landscape manager and expert garden. I don't know if we'll talk to the to the young lady who 
it was from Tennessee, but she was from a French family, and she had a uh, beautiful French accent. Oh, I remember her. French. Yes. Yeah, nice lady. I can't remember. She was a designer, too, I believe. But at any rate, we'll uh, talk to a lot of people here at Logan's. If you'd like to, to join in the conversation, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. And uh, Sam, I'm trying to think of other things that are blooming out there. It that uh, fragrant osmanthus is a marvel of a plant because it's been blooming in my yard for a couple of weeks. It's and a, it's a long-lasting one. I could walk. I have two or three in my yard, but I could walk out last week when it was so warm, and you could smell the fragrant osmanthus, and you could you could uh, really smell the Edgeworthia blooming, and also uh, if you got close enough, the Daphne yeah. was really sending out that <coughs> lemony fragrance. So boy, that was a real, that was an almost an overdose of fragrance right there. It just kind of hit you in the face. Yeah, I, I was noticing that door. when you mentioned it, you showed me a picture of how them put together. I was not, I went back and noticed that in one particular area, I had Edgeworthia, I had Daphne and Osmanthus. And I couldn't distinguish which which was the the scent of either one, but it was overwhelming, over, overwhelmingly wonderful. Yeah. Just right. wonderful. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up from Logan Trading Company here on WPTF. 